Come on, bruh. You know it only happens after dark. Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast. It's your boy, Mike. We got Big Stir in the building like always. How you doing, Stir? Chilling. Uh, I'm excited for the weekend, uh, moving into the new spot. So that's gonna be sick. It's gonna be a hassle, but I'm I'm really excited. Lucky it came on the July 4th weekend, and I think uh, work's gonna basically let us work from home on Monday, um, like fully. So you know what that means. It's just more unpacking, putting stuff together, buying shit like gotta go we gotta go get a ikea couch i think we'll probably just get that this weekend i'm excited as hell for that dude this could be sick um and you just because we thought about couch just... coming in <laughs> no it's not gonna be black it, it, i think we're gonna go for a casual gray as per usual and most uh in in indoor attire nowadays but um super excited for that um just logistically it makes more sense so like whenever we do leave like whoever wants to keep it just kind of like hey like here's a like hundred bucks for it like you know, whatever. Uh, this is your split or whatever the hell we pay for it. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, man. Work had a really good. Have I've had a great week at work. Um, uh, last couple of weeks have been great. Um, getting a lot of traction. Uh, understanding my job a little bit more. Not understanding my job necessarily, but understanding like how my process is going to be. Um, closing, setting, you know, going through meetings, etc., and really enjoying it. Have a lot of help from some of the gals in my office. They're really helping me out a lot, and specifically the girls. They're really like helpful in that. The boys, boys are the boys. Uh, you know, boys love helping each other out where it's needed. But if you if you don't ask, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna tell. Uh, that's just how it is. But that's cool with me. Like I'm the same way. But how about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I ain't got too much to approach on. I'm ready to fucking dive right into this because we got some good topics oh, yeah. on the dock. We got a few things. You know, Young Thug dropped his album. You know we got to compare it to yeah. what Gunna did because we just got to. He, he dropped it a week later. We're going to have to get to that. And we got a bunch of new album announcements that came out, so we're going to get to some of that too. NBA yeah. had crazy trades left and right. Already so started. Shocking trades. Just so much to get into on that. You know we got Black React. I'll keep that one. I'll keep you on your toes for that one because I think we're going to have some fun with that one. Um, <laughs> then we got the BET Awards. Tyler Perry's first BET Awards. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into any of that, we're going to start off with the news that has been breaking the internet all across if you haven't heard about this then i don't know what you've been doing you know it's kind of like the um when they say you know the rich gets richer you know they weren't talking about this scenario that's that's for sure <laughs> and if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about ocean gate ocean gate was a bunch of billionaires on their quest to aboard their submersible their submarine go down and take a peek at the remains of the titanic but it did not quite work out the way they wanted to. You know, they tried to create their own submarine and, you know, take some shortcuts, I would say, or thought they were Inspector Gadget with the way that they were creating this submarine on some technological <laughs> innovation bullshit. I don't even know. But, Sterling, my question to you is, what are your thoughts? What did, what did you think about the whole scenario? What can we gather from this scenario? I, I know that it was just just completely mind blowing and just a wild, like, you know, earth season 20, 2023, you know, whoever's, whatever aliens are watching us right now are like that episode was fucking bugging. That shit was bugging. 
Yeah, they got the new drama up there, man. It's like it's like your favorite TV show. Literally, watch Earth. That shit's probably insane. Um, but nah, man. I, I saw. You know, obviously, we heard about it when it was the beginning of the quote unquote expedition uh, to go to the Titanic's uh, remains, which is, I believe, it's forty thousand meter meters deep. And they only estimated it at 13, or it's 4,000, not 1,300. And they said, like, they could go down to the remains. And that amount of pressure at that low of a, like, that low. If you guys don't know, and I'm sure you guys do, but just to, for the folks that maybe are a little confused, the deeper you go in the ocean, the heavier it is. What I mean by heavier means the mo more effective gravity. Like, the, like, legitimately, it feels like weights on your back if you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and we know as humans we need we need air to breathe aka oxygen while in the water when people scuba dive you obviously have the oxygen tanks you have all that stuff so that's great and that's fantastic but also in that same point in gravity it's pressure there's more there's a, an immense amount of pressure at that deep down and i was hearing like you know i'm sure everybody knows mr beast mr beast uh shout out give us a shout out on your channel please um uh he was actually very close to being on that submarine which i thought of it in a different light like when i was hearing other people that were going to be on the submarine and going down to see it because like yeah like it would be super cool to be able to see that but honestly i don't give a fuck about the titanic i've never even watched a damn movie honestly i i know the I, premise I of it i haven't seen that movie either i think i've seen I know the one scene that everyone talks about, and it's three hours long. If I'm going to watch the whole damn movie to see that one scene at the end, that's not happening. It's not happening anytime soon. No, absolutely not. And, like, I know it's a classic, and, may and there will be a day I watch it. Like, I know there will be a time in my life I will watch it. Um, the OG one, Leonardo DiCaprio, being a beast, suave as all hell. That's my boy. Uh, favorite white actor, honestly, of all time. But aside from the point, like, I don't give that much of a hell about the Titanic. Like, that, and I'm not even trying to come at white folks for this. That's a white people thing, bro. Like, that's a, that's a non-black thing, I should say. Like, black folks say, like, hey, let me get down as deep as we want in the water as possible. First off, we already know the stereotype that black people can't swim, and they're already afraid of the water in the first place. Last thing we're going to do is put ourselves in a fucking submarine where we can't go nowhere, and it's controlled by a damn Xbox controller. Well, you, well first like, of all, you couldn't put three rich ass or multiple rich ass niggas into a small ass submarine with them big ass egos and shit like that. This nah, shit, bro, they would have been fighting in that yo, bitch. Like they, they would have been listening, like trying to figure out for, you know how they heard, they said they heard knocking and shit like that. They would have been like, it was crazy. We heard a lot of gunshots. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just think at the end of the day, I can appreciate people want to be an exploratory um, and like, that's what life is. Life is a part of like, is having adventures and experiences. If you can afford, that's the shitty part about it. Not everyone can afford, not that necessarily that adventure, but even like trips to like, oh, I'm going to Miami. I want to go to Puerto Rico. I want to go to Spain. Like these all take money. And once again, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that says this because like rich folks out there are people with a lot ton of money. Be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Money buys fucking happiness. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It just depends on how you view it. It's all about perspective. Um, and these people were seeing that this was going to be a happy moment in their life. Obviously, and I want to laugh at it, but I'm not going to because there's dead folks. And I'm just, that's just not who I am. But, like, they thought it was going to be a happy moment. It turns out it's one of the most catastrophic 
events that's probably gonna this happen in the 21st century at this point, um, especially in the, in the recent uh, history, aside from COVID um, and the election of Donald Trump. And I think that when it comes down to that ideology, like Ocean Gate, there was so many researchers and science people were dis. It was completely disproven that they could even do this. And with people that with that much money, you would think they would have the resources for people to tell them like, hey, yo, like this literally is not safe. Like it is not as safe. They're saying you will have a safe dive. That, no, no, no. You're talking about 4,000 meters deep in the water, bro. 14,000. Like four, it's 14,000. Thank you. I mean, it's deep as hell. And bro, we haven't discovered what is like 90 percent, 90 something percent of like the ocean species or something like that yeah and that's something i want to i want to harp on to a little bit later but like you said when you said money uh buys happiness which i totally agree with i think anyone who disagrees with that doesn't have enough of it (laughs) facts but that's um, absolute facts but money also like i said creates ego and you know where the ego took place in this scenario is you know the billionaire that was crafting the submarine or, or kind of the, um, the, uh, the head idealist behind the submarine and the project itself and the trip itself, you know, he, he's had uh, moments of doing this. He, he's made different submarines that have worked and that worked properly. He's, he's done a lot yeah. of venturous things in this nature. And, you know, it's kind of where his background is. He had NASA work on the core um, part of the submarine, the part that, won't combust that he he had nuts he said if <laughs> he said that if everything everything else could go wrong but this one part is the part that i like made sure was right and he was like we'll we'll live ironically enough you know we know what happened hindsight's 2020 but you know bombastic I, side eye bro bombastic side <laughs> eye like that boy is really wild it's it's wild and the crazy thing is it's like We've we've seen this rest in peace, Kobe, of these uh, very well off individuals not listening to the experts in their field and trying to push it because, you know, they got things going on. They're moving fast. I understand they got life going on. They're on top of the world. They they can't see the consequences at hand. You know, I, I got this. We're going to make this work. Uh, I've made everything. Work. I'm a billionaire. We, I've made everything work from this point on. I'm going to make this work, too. But it's just kind of wild. Like another crazy thing is, is the son of the billionaire. He's just out here <laughs> having the time of his life or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Cardi B was calling him out, and he was saying Cardi B was trying to get clout off his family. I was like, bro, I've never heard of you before. I don't know what makes you think Cardi B need clout from your family, dog. Like it seemed like you out here trying to get some clout. It seemed like you know what kind of inheritance is about to come in your pockets. You are litty, boy. That shit, that life insurance is about to hit. That hedge fund, oh, my, the trust fund, bro? Good Lord, bro. You said, oh, a girl wants you? I, I take you to wherever you want. I take you to the baby, what, the Babalos, to the Vava, to, to back the to the <laughs> To the Bibelos. Bro, you going wherever you want. Look, and I can appreciate his enthusiasm about like the inheritance because like honestly like well, i love my parents to absolute death i wouldn't want to see them pass at any point i know it's a it's a it's a thing that's going to happen like it I can't stop it but bro i'm gonna be a little bit lit from 
my inheritance as well. I can't be mad at the kid, but then he couldn't come at somebody like Cardi B who really don't give a fuck about him. Just said, just say he's be he's wilding out, not having no damn emotion, which I can appreciate as well. But like, damn, it's his like, stepdad though too. Like, from. bro, like, come on. I don't know what kind of relationship we've got stepdad. Maybe they got a nice relationship, but it's his billionaire stepdad. I'm sure this nigga like. I'm sure there's a kind of. You know, ooh, that's ooh, that's upsetting. That's sad. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's one of them like that's like that sarcastic, like, ah, damn, mom. I'm like, I feel for you. And you're like looking over her shoulder like, hell yeah. <laughs> like you like already that. know you are you already know he better whip out a Ferrari quick as fuck if he already don't got one now. And I think the funny thing is, is like I was watching a video of the guy that was like putting it together, and he was obviously he had the Xbox controller in his hand, which yeah. was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think that shit's just a joke in and of itself. I get it, think it's like weird nerdy people, and I'm a nerd in and of itself for certain things, but not shit like that. Um, it seemed kind of cool. So, oh shit, you could control something so powerful and so complex with a controller. Whereas he was talking about like, oh, I got this. I got these parts from like a a local like scrap store or something like. I'm like, bro, what? He got a local Home Depot security camera screwed onto the side. I'm like, this dude don't give a fuck, yo. <laughs> Heck, bro, he was really in there at Home Depot shopping while Shaq was macking on the little Home Depot chicken shit. Like Home Depot's been lit the last couple days. Eh? <laughs> Stock is rising right now. I'm like, well, it probably fell after that bullshit, but all I'm saying I is can't even fuck with Home Depot. I'm just think that shit's crazy. Like like the fact that like I know for myself, right? Like if I was if I was wealthy enough like that, these these people have the type of wealth where like they could spend absurd amount of money on a daily basis and not go broke like that's the type of bread they had and i know for myself if i was that wealthy first off i'm not getting a fucking submarine um two two i'm gonna have some people on my end that i'll pay be like yo i need to do all the research you can on top of what people have already said to see if this is even legit before I really get in this bitch, I'll still pay the two fifty or whatever the cost was if I don't go just to make sure they're happy. And he like, did oh, that like, and didn't listen to him. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I'm like, my brain, my thought process is like, look, bro, I respect everybody's decisions, and I gotta respect everybody's opinions. I don't like them all. I don't like them all of them. I don't, but I gotta respect it. You live and die by by the sword. Like if you. If you gonna live by it, you gotta die by it. And it's just like when folks say you live and die by the three. I mean, that's the fucking Golden State Warriors this past postseason. You live and die, and you die by it, and you lose. Um, in this case, this what this was completely catastrophic, and it was uh, shows mortality. Um, but the, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're good. The the fucked up part about it is, and I kind of want to steer this conversation here because I've always said if I was a billionaire, I would not focus on space. I would focus on the ocean. <laughs> and I think that this situation right here is going to deter a lot of billionaires from focusing on the ocean anytime soon. But I really do believe that like one, like I, everyone, every single billionaire is fascinated with going to space. They want to find, find out what's happening on Mars, what's happening on the moon, what's past all that, what's going on in space. But I'm like, dude, there are probably so much and like so much cool shit. So many, answers that could be uh 
had and questions to be answered to just right here on our planet in the ocean that we choose not to discover for whatever reason. I know we we probably don't have the uh, technological capabilities to really discover uh, the depths that we want to discover. But I mean, that's where the funding comes in in place. I mean, once the funding keeps going and that interest and that intrigue is there, you know, the technology and the advancements in those technologies will take place as well and will follow suit. I, I, I just think it would be cool to see what's going on in the ocean. Imagine there's some ocean niggas down there, bro. Like gang gang niggas down there, just ocean, just swimming. Like Black Panther type shit, bro. Black no, Panther, no, no, no. It'd be uh, White too. Panther because there ain't gonna be no Black Panthers down there. Ain't no niggas. Ain't no nigga niggas down there swimming. It's gonna be some white people swimming down there. White mermaid. Hey, that's the only boy, problem with the Black boy... Mermaid. You know, she, why would a Black Mermaid be swimming? We don't, we don't be swimming like that. We don't fuck with the water like that. I mean, like, can, you can like the beach, but, like, the water, first off, that salt-ass water going to dry your damn skin out. Our skin is too damn precious and t- got too good a melon in it for it to be ruined by some fucking salt. Um, FYI, for the white folks and people that aren't black and have a, a, a ton of melon in their skin, even for the light-skinned folks, I'll be honest with you. Bro, you go in the ocean, you're fucking up your skin. Like, the salt is... They're like, oh, it's good for your skin. In moderation, my nigga. Like, if you go out there every damn day, like... Oh yeah, that's no. This summer I spent like basically a full month at the beach in total, bro. Your skin is raw, my boy. <laughs> like it's raw. It's fall is coming. You better. And if you're in like a windy city like Chicago, New York, maybe like a like a Green Bay, like Kansas City, bro, your face is gonna be chapped, and your whole face gonna feel like you got shards of glass ripping on it, bro. But. On the point of Ocean Gate, I love that because I agree with you. I think the I think the ocean is such a fascinating place that we just don't know how fascinating it can be. And I hope um, in my life there's there's discoveries that like are like really groundbreaking because there's definitely more than more than what we know down there. We know that for a fact. There's well, we don't know it for a fact, but with the speculation around it, there could be an entire civilization literally living in the ocean we talk about space a lot of time and fucking aliens but like there could literally be an entire colony of people based on if you believe in um evolution at all in the science of it like you could be a christian but still understand like this shit really do be happening like there i'm certainly believe there are people down there or entities down there that probably fucking for all we know speak fucking english and are normal as hell. They might just be walking around. They might not even have no damn fins like a mermaid. Even if and, there's not living beings down there, like we could probably find, because like, you know, the tectonic plates, they move and the ocean covers new places. There could be old civilizations just covered in water that was once land at one point until uh, the plates, the poles started shifting and everything got rearranged. Mm-hmm. So there could be civilizations that we've never discovered, buildings, you know, monuments all those kind of things just in the depths of the ocean through um the evolution and everything changing and you know erosion and all that fucking bullshit that i didn't pay attention to in biology or whatever uh fucking class it was that i had to learn about that stupid ass shit but yeah science is science is pretty important when it comes down to it if you're doing it for profession but in reality it's not important because you can get a biologist somebody that actually knows what the fuck they're talking to tell you what the hell's going on if you don't know it so that's the, that's a the beautiful thing about it I did want to mention in that same vein, I know that 
people are probably like, we should feel bad. Like we should, like you should be suing OceanGate, one thousand percent. Um, but I'm sure there's. I don't. I didn't do too much research on this, but I'm sure there's some type of liability form in some context and what they signed. There had to be. There's oh, you no know way they, they signed just... the Black Mirror terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you signed that terms and conditions, you're fucked because they could do whatever the hell they want. They can be like, "Yo, we're gonna torture you on the submarine, and you can't sue us if you come back alive." They go put like, out yeah, the live come... footage. <laughs> live footage. Live. I footage. would watch that shit. Old white. Oh yeah, old white. Old white billionaire fights. Uh, his or not has been Asian white billionaire who wins, and people got pay per view of that motherfucker while the shit's combusting. At that, at the same time, like it, 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 it baffles me that people were so shocked that this happened. It genuinely does. Like I am not baffled. I'm just like, why the fuck would you go down there when you have all this information to not go? Like it is just flat out stupid. And I believe, you know, like how when you're young, especially even now, man, like we haven't really hit that point quite yet. We're starting to like. Even if you work out, you stay healthy, eat healthy, like all those things. Like when you're young, you have that invincibility mindset, right? Like, oh, dude, like I can't die. Like nothing can happen to me. Like I won't get sick. Like all this shit, right? Um, and I think when you have a certain amount of money, you genuinely feel invincible. And in reality, bro, you basically are. Magic Johnson, and I'm not trying to be like that guy, but he has HIV. And he, I never showed a damn sign of HIV, ever, ever any struggle with it. I understand it's a little bit different. I don't want to go too deep in this because I know it's a sensitive topic. But when you have the money to provide yourself with the type of healthcare you need or any type of, like, any healthcare, whatever it needs to be healthy, you know, live on this earth as a normal person, you feel that way, man. You feel invincible. You so think, you think there, they were panicking? How do you think how do you think it was when um they lost communication, all the lights went out? Because I mean I know oh, yeah. like the death was like the death was like that. Apparently it happens so quickly that like your spine doesn't even register that you Your you, nerves don't register it happened. Yeah. yeah, like it like it takes it happens so quickly that they, you won't even know. It'd just be like boom, lights off. Yeah. Than that, probably. <laughs> lights, like, lights out. I mean, they talk about people that like get shot like in like fatal parts on their body, like like with whatever guns it may or may not. Nine millimeter fucking sniper. Like they say with like sniper rifles, like fifty cows. Like you get shot in the dome piece with a fifty cow, you don't even feel the shit. Like that type of thing. If I'm thinking about panicking, like hell yeah, they're panicking, bro. It's just like the fucking movies. You know, in the movies, they're like in the plane. I'm like, oh fuck. What's going on? What's going on? And it's like, bro, y'all about to die. Like, it's gonna happen. There is no getting out. You are X amount of uh, your, uh, feet in the air. They, you aren't living, my boy. Um, and that's the same way. I mean, I'm sure there was probably at least one person, I imagine. And this is what I always believe this. In, like, very frantic situations, there's always one person. Even if, even if it's un, an unsuspecting person that's, like, home in those moments of like complete chaos where like death is on the table like things this is gonna happen i mean I some of those niggas was... were old bro well and that's and that's also probably one of the things too is like you know you get to you have bucket list things right man like everybody should write a bucket list if you're 
if you have a terminal illness, like, and I don't even mean to go like down a dark path. What's on you your bucket Ill- list? Bucket list, definitely gonna want to go skydiving. Definitely gonna probably do that here uh, sometime next year. That's my goal is to do it next year. Um, I really want to be able to go. Um, I know it sounds so basic, but want to go to Miami, but I also want to better go out of the country to like Europe um, and also be able to see Asia, Asia and Europe. Want to see Spain and the cathedrals and things like that. Italy. I really want to see those types of places. Um, just want to be able to travel. Traveling is mostly my bucket list. I don't have any necessary activities I want to do. I'd love to fly a, fly an airplane. That would be dope. That would be dope as fuck. My dad used to fly. The guy, his like pilot license flew all over the country. Like, I would love to be able to do that. I know that takes a lot of time, but that's something I would do. We're going to have Sterling <clears throat> nigga air gate. Here's the fun portion of Air nigga gate. <laughs> We're Sterling flying the plane, and that shit going to be brutal. Yo, get on my plane. It's going to be a single passenger plane, one person. Hey, you might be the one person I could put on that single passenger plane, but hey, yo, Mike, you want to come up on here, man? I've been training for two weeks. I'm not getting on not one goddamn plane ride that you flying, my nigga. I love you, my boy, but I'm not getting on not one plane ride. They're going to hit you with the, uh, you know, and and this is dark for the folks, like, you might want to, like, put a disclaimer before I even, like, in within the, the video for the folks on YouTube and even on Spotify and other platforms that are listening. Y'all know about the 9-11 thing where one of the guys went down to the training place in Florida said, hey, I don't need to know how to land the plane. And the instructor wasn't baffled by the idea that he has no, no concern in landing. Uh, that'd, be, that, that'd be that type of thing. Like, oh, yo, I don't really know how to land this shit, but like, we gonna, we gonna wing it. Fuck it, you know? If Fuck I get ball. in a plane with you flying, just know that I'm also crossing off my skydiving bucket list. <laughs> just know that shit. Get that fucking motherfucking parachute out, bro. That motherfucking parachute coming out. I was like, ah, I don't even know how to use this shit. Like, <laughs> eject, 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 eject. Ain't no way uh, in hell. Houston, we have a motherfucking problem, but nah, man, that's just a wild scenario. I feel bad for the families. I really do. I think that um, when it comes to that type of stuff, um, it's a sad thing because, like, once again, I think it was one of those moments where they were going to be like, oh, that's super happy, super fun. They're about to come back with all this, like, cool stories. And it's just like people that die in tragic situations. This is a tragedy, but it's a tragedy that could have been fully avoided. Like, it wasn't one of those tragedies where, like, there was a shooting at the mall and, like, nobody knew that was going to happen, obviously. Now, do we, like, like, and I say this with caution because I know that there's people that have passed away and, you know, some people are grieving at this moment, but this is a podcast, so I'm going to pod a little bit here. So bear with me. What are the chances that they were not on that submarine. Bro, that's a conspiracy theory for the fucking ages right there, to be frank. I see. Because, like, how like Jeffrey, how do you be get, how do you even become a billionaire and do some stupid shit like that? Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, and I know this is a weird path to go into in terms of logic and reasoning here. Jeffrey Epstein... And that whole shit with, like, Jeffrey Epstein Island, whatever the fuck the island was called, the Creep Island, might as well call it that, bro. Like, the claims that, I mean, celebrities that people love, love, 
were their fucking children torturing them, doing whatever, like all types of fucking fucked up shit. The rich do shit because they have it all. They have to do shit that is to us absurd, but to them it's like a normal day on the block. Yeah, how else are they going to get a rush? They've done everything else. They need like they can't do normal people's shit to get a rush. There's no dope. They don't get any dopamine from it, bro. Their endorphins are dry, bro. They're dry. There's no coming back. So, yes, I believe there is a likelihood that they could still be alive and they could be basically like a doing a crazy exploration, like a crazy fucking exploration. But I also do believe that the niggas are dead as fuck. And their bodies are basically just f- actually not even there because their spines probably just disintegrated once they snapped um, or imploded, I think is the pr- better word for it. Um, and if they really are like alive, I could see it. I mean, you have the money, you have the resources, you have the people, you have the connections. Like there's no reason you wouldn't be able to be like create the, one of the biggest scandals of all time by doing that. If they're but- alive, Mr. Krabs is fucking geeking right now. That you know, a couple billionaires came into <laughs> came into the Krusty Cat. Krusty Imagine some Krabby Patties, bro. Another conspiracy, bro. Imagine if Sponge, obviously SpongeBob's based off of a very like fucked up, a lot of sh- fucked up shit. But imagine if that place is legitimately real, like, and the government knew it, and they allowed them to write the show on it, and people are just getting exposed to, it, and they're like, oh, people love this shit, and we already have it on Earth, and we've had it since the nineties. Or in the ocean. Imagine if there's a fucking sponge, a <laughs> crab, a fucking massive whale, a squirrel uh, in a fucking submarine suit. Bro, I'm telling you, like, this shit, like, everything you see, and this is honestly from me watching a couple Black Mirror episodes, which is fucked. Um, to you start seeing shit and thinking shit completely different. Like, how. The government and what we know, not just the American government, the world government, because there's world leaders. Like if y'all if y'all don't believe there's like world like people that run the world that aren't in government, y'all are fucking tweaked. Like there is too much shit that happens in this world that doesn't have a higher power, a higher a hierarchy to it that is above Barack and Donald or American presidents and Kim Jong Un and and the Chinese uh, president and Putin and all the European nations, like, bro, I'm telling, and the African nations too, don't think, they, don't think the black folks ain't involved too because they, they just as greedy as everybody else too. Um, we ain't no different. Um, but that shit's wild to me, and I think that that's one of the, like, overarching things that I get from this is, like, dude, let's use these billionaires as an experiment because... They're like, oh, there's no like real trillionaire, like legitimate trillionaires. There are fucking trillionaires out there, bro. I'm telling you this shit right now. There are motherfucking trillionaires out there. Oh yeah, the and richest people, people in the world. Everything. I don't think we know who they are. And the most powerful no. people in the world. I don't think, you know, what kind of power you would they have? If we knew who them. they were. You, you probably walked by a extremely powerful person before. Like New York's a great place. I feel I like doubt it, bro. New York's one of <laughs> no, 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 but I'm saying when you go to places you don't go like in like very highly populated places with a lot of wealth running through like those areas. I think you probably we probably don't even realize we're probably walking and maybe bumped into maybe behind somebody in line, not necessarily on your day to day, but like 
when you're on vacations in places that aren't necessarily your regular place, if unless you live in one of those places, if you live in fucking Dubai, like, yeah, you're just gonna be surrounded by motherfucking rich niggas. But like, it there is so many things that we don't know, and we'll probably never know. And I hope, and like, look, whatever your view of the afterlife is, like for the folks out there, like Christian, Buddhist, non, like atheist, uh, agnostic, like whatever you're fucking, I would hope. That no matter what the religion is, there's like some person that tells us like, "Yo, this is what the fuck's going on on Earth, bro. This shit's crazy." <laughs> like I'll be like, "Oh my god, send me to hell, send me to heaven, whatever the fuck my destination needs to be." But I'm like, "Damn, that's fucking wild." Like I'm about, I knew it. Like just all, but yo, can I? They're like, "Yo, you get ten questions, ask away." I would be lit. I, I would be like, lit. That's honestly how I feel when I watch movies. You know, when movies come up with these like crazy scenarios of how like the world works, and I feel like sometimes when I'm watching, I'm like, maybe this is like them saying, "Oh, we made this story up," but this is really how this shit be working, and they just not telling us that like, you know, this is not no fucking, there's not no made up story. Like I'm really giving you this some real life shit right bro. now. Yeah, like, <clears throat> nah, man, I and. I love talking about this. We can talk about this shit all night and we go go on crazy tangents like we did right now. But final thoughts for me, I mean, I think in Ocean Gate, I mean, I think it was a cool idea. Um, I think the folks that obviously passed in that in that in the wake of that, um, rest in peace. RIP. I will say I will say y'all niggas were dumb as fuck for it, and I'm just gonna be a hundred percent honest. I'm not gonna cap with you. Like I my wife, kids, whoever, like if I was at that point in my life girlfriend, whatever you want to say. Any person that give a fuck about me would have been like, yo, hey, nigga, like, nah. Like, ain't no way you going down They there. don't ain't give a no fuck. no way. Nah, they, they were like, oh, the researcher said it's not safe. That stepson was like, nah, not nah, that. They, they were telling you it won't safe when you were broke, you know? Now you a billionaire. You know, that, that shit ain't never stopped you before. Sent his ass straight down there and says, he said, "You ever, you ever heard? You, you know when they, they, you get crossed up in basketball, and then like, damn, I made that boy touch earth. They really touched earth. Oh, they facts. touched it, and facts. they, and their spines are at the bottom of earth, of the, of, of the. They're on the very, very, very surface that we don't know anything about. But with that being said, it's gonna go into a different lane here. Um, I know that we love controversy, and we love." music and we continue to say this on every single pod and i will continue to say it why do we love music it's because of situations like this if you didn't know now you know last week um last friday young thug dropped his album obviously we spoke about the gunner album prior to that knowing that it was coming out and gonna drop his his album the week prior uh business is business name of the album um Hella features on it. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you. Uh, he had two Drake features, I think two Travis Scott features, a 21 feature, an Uzi feature, which I fuck with so heavy. Future, um, future, um, who else was up there, bro? Like, it was star studded. The Metro, I mean, he had the has be- Nikki and Deuce World as well, yeah, and then like. It was produced by Metro Boomin. And Metro Boomin is at the peak of his powers right now. He is fucking Thanos, bro. He can do no wrong. He gets snap of a finger and niggas just be like, damn, that shit fire. Like, don't even think. Brain's just 
dopamine high as hell, endorphins out the wazoo. And just going off of that, business is business. Want to get a review first up front of before we start going into any questioning. Want to see what your thoughts are on it before we go into some other topics here. Yeah, so, you know, obviously came out a week after Gunna's release. So naturally, we're going to have to compare it. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll say that for later. I'll just give my initial thoughts without giving Gunna's album any consideration at all. So yep. initially, when I played Young Thug's album, uh, you know, I obviously these were tracks that were already made before the trial, before the Rico case. So they were scrapping pieces together, getting people on Metro. It sounded kind of like this was something that they were probably going to drop. Um, <clears throat> a lot of these pro a lot of these uh, tracks were going to drop after before all this happened, but. Honestly, I thought it was a good project overall. Now, he had a lot of features. Gunna didn't have features. Uh, but I I thought the Drake songs were really good. I really like. Dude, Drake, I don't even know how, like, he was over there harmonizing on Parade on Cleveland. And it was the most fire thing ever. Like, when the fucking beat drops on that. Parade on Cleveland soon as I come home. I'm like, bro, how does this nigga make that shit sound hard, bro? Drake is he's him. He's him. Um I I really like the future song. I thought the future um card bring me out. I don't even know what that phrase you know what that shit means? I, I didn't got some rich. I think my cards bring me out. What does that fucking mean, bro? It it means I think from my understanding, I've listened to that song quite a bit too. So um, I think what he means is that like, obviously you, you know, like how we like, as like guys, if you're a single guy, you're going to go out and you're going to go out for like the bitches and like, and I, I'm not saying bitches in an offensive term. I'm really not ladies. I promise. Um, like you go out for the girls, you go out for the times, you go out for the, like to what we do. He's literally saying that I don't go outside unless I want to whip my fucking nice-ass cars. Like, I've got everything else I need inside my house. I can get anything I want inside my house. Great food. I don't need to. Like, he doesn't have to do anything except go outside to drive his car if he wants to really, really, really go outside. Well, let me tell That's you something, Young Thug. You're too rich to be driving cars. If I was his, if I was as rich as him, I would never touch a steering wheel. But everybody already knows I'm a backseat rider. But anyways, yeah, back into the album. <laughs> back into the album. The 21 song is probably my favorite, Want Me Dead. I, I love that song. I'm fucking The hook is crazy. I, I Overall, I think it was a really good project. The Metro's version with the Money song with Nicki Minaj and Juice World yeah. is absolutely... That beat is probably the beat of 2023 right now and might be the track of the summer right now. I feel like... Yeah. That shit is going crazy. It slaps the mastering on that song. You could tell that it's much louder. It's meant to be slapped. It's meant to be played all summer long. It was a really good album, you know. Um, that's kind of my initial thoughts. What, what, what did what did you think when you first listened to the album? All right, so I have this thing. I have this thing. Um, if y'all don't know the T Swift shit, it's the reference, but. Um, but so I first listened to Business is Business. I can't like I was it Friday, well, going into Friday evening, right? Or Friday morning, I should say. Um, and I knew it was coming out, so I stayed up. I you know, and I was a little tired, so I didn't get to go through everything. 
I got, well, I got most of it. I got, I got the gist of it. I'm guilty of, I watch one of my favorite YouTubers, shout out Complex Ambition, um, react to it, like, while I'm reacting to it. So, like, when he likes a song, I'll be like, damn, I kind of fuck with that bar. Like, he'll like, damn, that's a fucking hardest bar. This is what he's, like, trying to say. Then I'll go and listen to it on my own after. And granted, like on YouTube, you can't play the entirety of the song, like the entire fucking album on a reaction. Like it's just you can't. They will they will strike your shit. You will not make money. Um, but first time listening to it, like without um, a reactor or somebody on the back end. Obviously, bro. First things first. Like first song, bro. And if y'all aren't listening to your albums in order, like you're just fucking tweaked. Like you wouldn't have heard the gonna fuck you mean transition to rodeo drive. Uh, Rodeo Drive, I should say. Um, and the parade on Cleveland, I mean, to start the album, it had the perfect interlude vibes. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? I, I honestly wanted to, I, I just literally wanted to like find Drake and punch him in the face. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is like, what is going on? Like, he gets on the track and it doesn't miss. He, he just said, never misses. He said it ain't going to be sexy when I get my lick back. Like, bro, how is he out here talking shit to niggas and <laughs> singing at the same time like a fucking nighttime melody? <laughs> I don't understand, bro. How does he make that shit sound hard? It's crazy. I don't know, man. I will say, though, like, and I haven't been see, the thing is, and I also do a good job of staying off of TikTok when new albums that I'm really excited for come out where I don't get influenced really hard by like the tracks that people are going to bang and do dances to and like tweet to. I did hit it with the Gunna one because that's how the fuck you mean song I got really excited about. Uh, not, not fully excited. I was already excited about it when I first heard it, but either or, um, I really, really enjoyed the Drake features. I, like I said, I, my favorite song on the album right now is between, and I, you know I love Travis Scott, so I can't say that those two, so that I just be completely biased. Um, but Abracadabra do be hit. Abracadabra's crazy. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. My diamonds, um, you can't see me like I'm Casper. <laughs> um, Hellcat Kenny, if you listen to that beat, it's like a demonic beat. It's like, I'm like, it's like, he is like him and Uzi, and you know Uzi got that like we'd be thinking he'd be on that demon shit. He definitely is, but he's one of the nicest people in the world. It's so weird. Um, but like it's like Hellcat Kenny, I'm a fuck your bitch. It's just uh, yeah, it's like oh, I'm like it's like you're a creep. It looks like if I'm like imagining like just creeping down the sidewalk in a weird like you know cartoonish type way, but it's like kind of hard. Burrow is. A I good really deep, fuck but... with that. Yes. And so, like, it, it, had a, it was a good project, right? And I know the guy I watched, uh, Complex Ambition, gave it an 8, I believe. Like, if I had to rate it on a, on a, at a 10 scale, I'd probably be somewhere in that range. Granted, like, I'm skewed. Like, I'm a little... Uh, the rating is a little bit skewed because, like, 2023 has been pretty disappointing with music in majority. Um... I'd have to give it an 8.4. I'd give it a pretty solid rating. I wanted to be like 7.9 at first, 7.8. I've listened to it a couple of times now, and I've kind of gotten a little bit hooked on it. And 
I'd give it a solid, solid 8.4, 8.3. You can interchange depending on what you're feeling. Just an all-around good project, great features. Young Thug really shows, once again, that he's just a genius when it comes to how, who needs to be on what track. He knows what beats people can ride with. He knows how I'm going to get people to get lit to this shit. He knows what I'm going to be feeling and saying and drinking when I'm listening to shit at, my, at a pregame. Like, he already knows. He already, the script is written. He wrote the motherfucking script. Young Thug, this Rico case, the best motherfucking publicity he's ever gotten in his life. So then get Be messy. Bad. Get messy. Because he's, he's projected to do 110K first week. Gunna uh, did 85, 88K first week. No features, no promotion. Get messy. How are you comparing the two albums? Who did it better? Uh, dude, it's so tough. Because, like, this, right, I've got the albums put up on my phone right now. Like, I've got one, I've got Gunna's album. I'm going to go to Gunna's album really quick. Give me a second. Cause I'm t- telling you the streak of like four songs on his album. And I believe it starts with, I want to say it starts with Fuck You Mean. And it just rolls. And I'm like, that shit is so perfect. Um, yeah, it starts at Fuck You Mean, right? And then you obviously have that, that little transition where your body, like your, your body, leave, your soul leaves your body when he transitioned to Rodea. I don't know if I'm going to Rodea. I, can, I, can't, I cannot sit here and say that shit didn't have me like, wow. <laughs> like, just wow. Like, I, lo- I am a stand for transitions. You got a good transition within the album. I and didn't I even it, like, notice the song up. changed at first. Dude, that's what I'm saying. And it's just like a beautiful transition. It goes from fuck you mean to Rodeo Drive to bottom, which I fuck with so heavy, to P Angels. And then you hit Born Rich where it kind of like drops a little bit in terms of like how that music, that, that type of like flow is going. Four songs in a row where it's just like flow. Like it is literally, you could see where he's trying to go. But if I'm talking about who did better, respect. Respectfully, Young Thug is doing numbers on this because Young Thug's one got a Rico case, which is hyping up and gonna drop his album before him. Two, Drake's on it. Period. Like it doesn't matter. Like he could drop two songs with Drake and the shit would do numbers. Everybody in their grandma. Like it doesn't. Exactly. So he's got that, but gonna do an eighty-five. Well, you said project 80, 85, 88. He did eighty-five, eighty-eight, somewhere around that range. Yeah. Like. No features, Bro. no promotion. Absolutely no Not features, even no a lead-off single I, or anything. That's impressive. And then I and I, then I think, like, I don't know who was on the producing exactly. Like, I don't know what credits he had at the bottom. Like, hold up. But he didn't it's have Metro. Obviously... So. He didn't have Metro. Like, dude, Young Thug <clears throat> pulled out all the stops. And, like, we, we talked about it last week. And you guys could go watch the other pod or listen to the other pod about how we think it might be like a setup like for for you know publicity sake and if it did it worked um to sell almost 200 million copies or projected 200 million copies um in in the first weeks of like in total between the first weeks of the albums respectfully respectively i should say um insane amounts of money um un- unbiasedly and like from a completely like neutral standpoint gonna beats young thug in this and i'm saying that and i think i was saying thug's album 
I would bang Thug's album more than Gunna's, but it's the fact that Gunna was able to perform and tell a legitimate story. Like, he was telling his story in definitely certain songs and certain stints throughout the album about what he's been going through and his situation. Um, I hear you. I hear you. But at the same time, Thug's locked up. The only reason why Gunna could tell a story is because he fucking snitched on my bro. (laughs) And he's free out here writing raps. Thug has had a, you know, his shit, he's locked up. He's picking up songs that are already been worked on, already been recorded. And he's, you know, having people help him piece together an album. So it's a little different. Um, And I have to, but I will give Gunna more credit for what he was able to achieve. Because no features, bro. No features, no promotion, um, no not a big leadoff single. Like bread and butter was fire, but Atlanta wouldn't even listen to it. We saw them in the club; they wouldn't listen to it. So no features. And no- and, and I want to mention one thing before you get into your reasoning. I do one thing. Thug or Gunna sounds sober too. Like he doesn't sound like he's off the shits. Like he's not slurring the same way he does, and he's still flowing the same. Like that. Cl- I mean, it's clean. Bro, it's clean. Nobody rides a beat like him. And I'm telling you, I will say that and I will die on that that hill. Go ahead. Yeah, so like I said, I'm about to give Gunna more credit. But when I really think about, and when I first listened to it, so when I first heard Young Thug and Gunna's albums, off of first listens only, Gunna caught the dub for me. Off of first listens, mm-hmm. Gunna caught the dub because it was just... One, I didn't know what to expect from Gunna, and he really, you know, he really impressed me with how he came, the flows, the melodies, you know, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and the the way he was able to, you know, he made us feel the album. We could feel that my nigga just ratted and nobody fucks with him no more, and he had to deliver. Because if Gunna didn't deliver on this album, career trajectory is not looking too good for my boy. Not at all. Like, if he didn't, this album was a must. He needed to hit on this album, or it could have been really bad for Gunna and just a downhill trajectory. But at the same time, and I know Young Thug, he he called out the Avengers. He got all the superheroes possible, Flash, Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk, everybody he could think of to be on this album and help him fight Thanos, who is Gunna in this case, I suppose. Um... But they did that shit. They did that shit. And there was so many different ranges in sound and, you know, lyricism, flow. And every single person that came up there feature-wise with Drake, they gave us something different. I I was not expecting an intro of Drake to come in and just start harmonizing. I didn't, you know, when 21 came in on Want Me Dead... That song was crazy. Uh, Jonesboro, I also thought it was clever how they picked a song where it kind of could have sounded like Thug was rapping about Gunna, even though it was recorded before the Rico case. But you know it's going to get people talking. So I just think as far as replay value goes, and the more I listen to Thug's album, the more I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be slappers that are going to be here, not just for the summer, but there are going to be slappers up there that are going to that you're going to hear. You're going to be walking around during the fall, still going on. So that's where that's why I'll lean to more uh, Young Thug's album. So 
like I was saying, I think Young Thug's album is going to, we're going to hear about this in the fall. There's Those songs are going to come in the fall. And I know Fuck You Mean is going to be around. People are loving Fuck You Mean. It's right now, it's the number one stream song, rap song on Apple Music and Spotify. So, you know, that shit's going crazy. What about Title? Don't nobody know what the fuck's going on at Title, bro. <laughs> Jay-Z, he done sold that company. Don't nobody even know what's going on over there at Title. Oh, but it kind of leads me to believe, because, you know, the crazy thing is, we were just talking about how there's been no music all 2023. We were also talking about how there hasn't been a single rap album to hit number one on the billboard this year uh and you know thug has a chance to hit number one but apparently morgan wallace is going to be a tough challenge Dude, bro so, i'm so sick of this shit bro morgan so wallace sick of this he be killing that i don't know i don't know i don't I've never listened to his music but his streams be up it there was a little the dirt feature that got him it's a yeah. little dirt feature that got him bro and i was banging that shit so i can't even like hate completely so we we now got gunna and young thug in a span of a week we were told pink tape is coming thursday at midnight which is a little oozy in case you didn't know he dropped his trailer which i'm a huge fan of these new like movie trailers for albums they look really cool oh, yes. uh fucking dope really crazy artwork anime going on by uzi and his camp they killed it they knocked it out of the park i i'm i'm stoked i saw yeah. it's 26 27 tracks though that kind of turns me off oh, personally like i hate when they have that's a motherfucking chris brown shit bro <laughs> <laughs> but we also got today utopia july 21st it's coming i'm lit it's it's lit we got drake for all the dogs he announced that his album is coming so you know they're coming. The people are here. You know, I don't know if we'll get J. Cole's this summer, but the fall off is coming. Carter Six is coming. Hopefully we get that in the summer as well. The people are coming. The Avengers are assembling. They are dropping music all at once, all right here in the summer. And the only thing I can sit back here and think about is like, when, when did it feel like this the last time? And the last time it felt like this, was all summer 16 all summer 16 and you know all i like personally i don't even know how you feel about this because you know we haven't gotten all the music yet uh so we're not sure just how much this is going to bang but apparently these are long awaited albums uzi's pink tape has been working on for years people have been you, waiting on it utopia if, if that shit i'm telling you bro if that it won't miss, because Travis, I, I'm gonna be honest, Travis Scott with these long ass wait times. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off because you no, know no, I'm Travis Stan. I gotta speak on it, bro. If this shit somehow misses, it won't. It will be one of the biggest letdowns, like probably in the last decade of like rap, hip hop, music in lead up time. It's not because, going to miss. That's not but, even like, something dude, I'm sweating. He hasn't even, dude. I'm like, hold up, one sec. I gotta go look at this really quick. I'm gonna pull up his discography really quick. Just speaking on Travis, because Uzi has a potential to miss with twenty something songs. It's just what it is. I mean, you are not gonna drop twenty plus, and if he does, bro, like that's what we can talk about on that end. It's like if he somehow creates a project, Uzi, 
of 20 plus songs that people actually want to listen to, not a Chris Brown t- tape where it's like, okay, you got 10 songs in here where we fuck with, but there's like 40 other songs in here. Like, bro, scrap that shit. Like, you paid features for this shit. Like, it ain't worth Even it. if the full length project is not like as cohesive as we would like, Uzi's given us three to four hits, just certified hits off that, that we're going to be running it up. So I'm not sweating that. I'm not sweating Travis. Travis has not missed once yet. I don't expect him to miss now, especially after everything he's went through. This is like Gunna is, it's not a must for Travis. It's still Travis and he does what he does. But like you said, it's long anticipated. He needs a hit, a, a miss right here. Would He would feel that. But a hit, you know, he, he needs it. And Drake coming well, with his album. For his tour. Drake doesn't, he can do no wrong. All these people can drop their best album and they're still going to have to take a back seat and watch Drake run it up, run those fucking numbers up. And he's probably going to come up here for all the dogs, just start singing some bullshit and numbers still going to run it up. But I want to ask you, man, because personally, you know, with all these big names coming all at once at the summer, um, all I can really think of is can summer 23 rival summer 16 in ter- as far as music and hits? Potentially, because we haven't heard the music yet, but potentially. In terms, in terms of genuine like results being numbers, yes. Um, but in terms of the music itself and how iconic, how iconic some of those songs were, and albums, um, I think it will be very, very difficult because of the range of music that we have now, right? And like, and let me speak to this and an explanation behind it is that. When you have such high hopes, so you have artists like Travis, the A-list motherfucker, Drake, uh, Uzi. You've obviously got these two past albums from Gunna and Young Thug. It's like a, it's like a stepping stool or steps. Like steps, you get to the top of the steps, and that's like you reach the zenith. Like you reach the top, whatever. Like hooray, reach the top of the mountain. Like Gunna and like Young Thug are building this platform because you obviously have all this beef and this drama around what they're, what's happening with them. And, like, obviously, there's no really, like, a ton of drama around Drake, Uzi, Travis. Not too much. Not a crazy amount like it is a whole-ass Rico case and somebody ratting. But it's like, dude, it's either going to be, like, right there. It has the potential to be, like, right there. Or it has to be, like, so phenomenal where it's like, okay, that is better than Summer 16. That is legitimately how I see it. Here's like, why I think it has a chance. Go ahead. I think it has a chance because Pink Tape, so the albums, we're not just getting albums. And, you know, some people might be hearing this and thinking that I'm comparing it to Summer 16 because we got big names and Summer 16 gave us, you know, big names and big albums. But it's not just the names alone. These are long anticipated albums that we're getting all at once. Like, it's not like we're just getting a Travis Scott album. We're getting Travis Scott's Utopia that we've been waiting on and that got, you know, pushed back since after he was killing niggas because his concerts and his performances are just so fire. And, you know, and you, I just feel like the albums that we're getting, the anticipation behind them, Joe Budden, he's heard some of Pink Tape a long time ago. He said that it's like, it's potentially Uzi's thriller album. So, you know, there's a lot of, and Jeez. there's money in there. You saw the you saw the trailers. These aren't cheap albums. There, you know, the labels are pushing money back. These are like 
movies dropping. Like, I guarantee you Travis Scott and Uzi's music videos are going to be produced like movies and TV shows. They're going to be fire. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of like short film coming out of whatever they do. You know, music is growing rapidly and the marketing behind it is just, it's blowing my mind these days. So I think, you know, I think if it doesn't, if it's not even a comparison, then it's a letdown because it's just too many big names. It's too many big names at this point. I know Drake's going to give me what he's going to give me. Gunna came hard with uh, no no features. He came everywhere. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Thug, Thug came. Okay, I got to stop using the word. <laughs> Thug dropped some crazy shit. You know, he, he dropped with all the Avengers. A Metro is basically a Metro Boom and Collab album at this point. Uh, so you know that 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 was a hit. Gunna was a hit. Dirk 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 missed in my opinion. I I don't go back to the Dirk album. That nigga, that nigga bricked as hard as Russell Westbrook, bro. He did not hit. He did and he not out hit. here on academics was- talking shit about Gunna and had the worst album of the three of them. Like his shit missed. Only reason why his album didn't. He pulled the only album. He he oh, got J Cole and he got Morgan Wallen. And that's the only reason why his album's still spinning right now. If he didn't have All My Life, that album would have flopped heavy, yo. J. Cole saved his ass. And them little kids saved his ass. But, um, yeah, so there's just too many big names. And there's still, those are just the names that we confirmed were coming. There's still albums that we know are coming this year. And we're just not sure if it's going to be this summer or not. But like I said, ASAP's working on an album. If we get that this summer, we could potentially get that this summer. J. Cole's working on an album. We could potentially get that this summer. Carter Six coming. You know if Carter Six drops during the summer, I'm not listening to nobody else. Nobody else. And if Carter Six drops, listen to me right here. Oh, that shit drops? Listen to me right here. If Carter Six drops, people, I don't want you to say, I don't want to hear, let's have a music segment. When you tune into the pod and you think you're about to get a music segment, you ain't getting that shit. You getting a Lil Wayne segment, and then that's music. <laughs> it's over with. I don't. I'm not talking about nobody else. That's we 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 gonna come on here and be like, yo, like you wanna talk about Travis? Nah, no. Nah. We gonna nah. have a two hour Lil Wayne Carter six. Nah, nah, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> we gonna break down every motherfucking lyric. Hey, you hear what he said here? These three words together. It's a triple on <laughs> entendre. quadruple entendre. Quadruple. Already. <laughs> But, I mean, look, man, I think it has the ability to rival 2016. Like, 2016 was a magical year. Obviously, it was, like, it was peak time for us. We were, you know, going into sophomore year of college for us. It was, a, I mean, dude, it was literally, like, it was, for our lives in particular, it couldn't have been a better time for us, personally. Definitely. It's the peak of music, I think, think, as we were growing. Hip-hop music, at least. Hip-hop. Hip-hop music, and I think that, you know, even tracking back a little bit here and, and thinking back to Gunna and, and, and um, Young Thug's album, Young Thug's trying to bring that summer heat. Like, and I got to give him his props on that. Gunna was not trying to necessarily bring, like, this crazy heat where you're just going to be like, these are the shit we're going to bang in the club type shit. Gunna was trying I mean, not to you. get shot up <laughs> yeah. if he steps he was out trying, the his, his armored cars... Uh, yeah, that's, and I thought, I thought it was ironic that somehow, like, 
obviously I know this is a scrap, so prior to Young Thug being in the Rico case, but I thought it was like with the Cars Bring Me Out song, he's like, yeah, Cars Bring Me Out. And it's like, damn, this nigga Gunner, the whole album was talking about how he had to armor up his all his fucking cars. I'm like, <laughs> damn, the Cars Bring You Out. And this nigga talking about, I'll come out with the cars. That's the only reason I'm coming outside. It's just, like, just chill and ride around. So, I mean... It's it's a phenomenal time in music. I'm super like I'm really pleased with the last couple of weeks. I've actually found a lot of even like in like the smart shuffle, which I love on Spotify. I've been finding like some new artists like bringing new stuff out, and it's like cool. You know, like I feel like everybody's kind of finding a sound now, and like it's becoming the the sounds once again evolving. Yep. Right in terms of the hip hop game, and that's one of the most. That's what happens. Like that's what Summer Sixteen was. Summer Sixteen was sounds evolving. Like, okay, we really like this as, a, as, a, as the public. This is what we're going to get from hip-hop music now. Like, we had Birds in the Trap sing McKnight, which obviously, like, was like a Travis Scott stand, absolutely banger album, and it's underrated, in my opinion. Um, and I think, like, you think about what we're going to get from, like, Gunna's album. I think Gunna, or what we got from Gunna's album and Young Thug's album, the amount of features that are going to be on these albums are going to be disgusting. Like, it should be. Like, it should literally be like, bro, we put 10, 15 bands in this motherfucker. Like, this shit better run numbers, and it's going to run numbers. You're going to see Future just like, it's going to be like a fuck up, fuck up some commas type shit. I know that wasn't 2016, but um, it's going to be that, that type of shit. He could be on track going crazy. You're going to have Travis. On, like, also, back to your Drake point, I know I'm kind of rambling a bit, but if these niggas don't want to keep fighting Drake when they're dropping their albums, bro, stop letting getting on these features for this nigga and like hopping on his tracks and helping them. Like this nigga be, really be that's like, literally if you look at any fucking rapper's number one hit, it's their Drake feature. <laughs> I know, no, bro, but that they they want to have a number one hit and they're like, damn, I can't do it without Drake, which is a crazy superpower. Now that nigga Drake is Thanos. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Oh, he yeah. is Thanos. He's and Metro and Metro is and Metro Boomin as a producer is the only one that could ever even compare to taking him down if he ever went against them as a producer. Ain't no nigga in the game right now could take that dog down. He could do he could drop whatever the fuck he wants. He could drop a fucking lullaby, bro. And that shit will be number one. Yeah, Number fucking one. And niggas and grown ass gangster ass niggas will be banging that shit. Banging it, picking their kids up from daycare. Riding <laughs> the kids around, taking them to the grocery store. You gonna go to sleep tonight. I mean, and I'm telling you, I'm excited, man. I cannot fucking wait. Like, I'm personally not the biggest Uzi fan in the world, but I do like Uzi's music. Um and I respect Uzi, and he's always a really good feature for me. Like he does a really good job featuring on tracks. Yeah. Um, when he does do some solo songs, they're either hit or miss, and that's my, my opinion. Some other people vibe with them differently. It's the same way I feel about like Trippy. Trippy's the same way. Like Trippy gets on a track and he could go crazy, or it's gonna be like, what the fuck is going on, bro? Like he gonna kind of try to murder me. Um, and. I hope Don Tolliver finds a way to drop like a little surprise EP this summer. That would be great. Um, I would really enjoy that. I've become a really, I am a big Don Tolliver fan. So he'll definitely be on Travis, uh, Travis's album though, which I'm excited about. Him and Travis uh, collabing is great. Um, 
But yeah, man, it's gonna be a fucking hell of a ride. I can't wait. Y'all gonna see all the reactions, all the all the tea um from us talk about the music industry because you know that might honestly be an entire day if they drop in the like close vicinity we might just push back the pot a day and be like yo hey let's get this shit thorough and oh, yeah. like rip a crazy look i mean and by the way i know next tuesday for the folks that are in the united states that are listening to us is independence day um that being said I wouldn't expect a track from us or a track. Jesus, think we dropping an album. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> expect an episode from us for all coming on next Wednesday, but we'll we see. Can what film we can Monday. We'll see what was going. On. Yeah, we can we can fit Monday. And Monday, I'm gonna be working from home, um, so <laughs> we can definitely figure something out on that yeah. in the things. Your manager um, listens to this, my boy. Hey, my manager does not listen to this, my guy. Oh, okay. uh, I promise. <laughs> I, I, ma- I make I make sure like my my coworker like my uh, higher ups don't listen to it. Um, but that being said, we could talk all day about music. We could talk about that in particular. I'm fucking pumped. Like I am stoked. I love 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 music. I could just act like an act ignorant as fuck in the car too, um, or just vibe too. If you guys didn't know, and, and culture is culture, and BET is the probably the mecca of black culture pop culture is typically aligned with black culture um this bt awards coming i believe it's this weekend am i right it Um, just happened just happened sorry jesus christ my brain just farted just happened hosted by was just recently hosted by tyler perry who actually is the new owner if those that didn't know and i think this is a like a little while ago, but didn't know that Tyler Perry is the new owner of BET. With me, not, I didn't. I didn't go into details of watch it. I'll be hundred percent. I'm usually pretty good about researching, understanding what's going on exactly. I want to get Mike's thoughts on it, just from the overarching view of things. Question I have here, and I'll go and answer it quick because I don't. I can't elaborate it on too too much. Um, we know award shows have been kind of lackluster as of late, especially with the world the world of streaming and how important it is to um have your stuff on streaming platforms granted you could stream bet too um but question is is can tyler big tp tyler perry bring back the award shows game like it used to be in the glory days my answer to that is knowing tyler perry his artistry and his genius making quite frankly one of the most well-known black shows that i know being tyler harry perry's uh house of pain I mean, like, Such if you are black, show. Curtis, one of my, he's probably my favorite uh, Tyler Perry character ever made. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you are a black fella or gal and you have not watched the show, and if you're white, like, watch it. Hell yeah. Like, it's a great show. But, like, I know you are not black. Like, I watched a, just a side note before I get to my very last point here. I've been watching these guys called the Beta Squad, also on YouTube, out of the UK. And they steal ideas from Jubilee, which is another YouTube channel. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing haymakers right now. Um, and they did like a six versus one secret black person. And these guys are all black. Beta Squad's all black guys. One guy's a mixed race, but he's half black, half white. Um, so he's black. And they were like, 
you know, tr- you know, they're blindfolded and whatever, and they're, all the other white people are trying to figure out who the, who the black person is, and the black person is trying to impersonate a white person, you know, whatever. If, if they said, yo, have you ever watched that show? It's called, like, House of Pain, Tyler Perry, and you say, yeah, you are the nigga. You are <laughs> the nigga. And Congratulations, I think Perry, you're welcome artist, to the cookouts. You are welcome to the cookouts. You will have some type of banter to go back and forth with us, and you will not get too butthurt. Because you he, might be able to key, say the, you might be able to say nigga one time. Facts, facts. I'm you might you might get that little that that I'll black give car you from the about pass, But just because listen, white, just because I give you the pass, if another black person hear you say nigga and knock your dumb ass out, I'm not gonna come in there and help you. I gave you the pass, not not him. So you know, I'm all I'm doing. I'm not gonna be the one. I'm the motherfucking hall monitor. I'm the motherfucking hall monitor, bro. <laughs> you can't go out there with, with little Jimmy with, or with with uh, DeAndre in the hall in the hallway, being the hall monitor, and say that shit because he'll knock your ass out too and go to get it suspended. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna back him up. But <laughs> <laughs> and and with that that being said, I have so much respect for Tyler Perry. Um, one of the very few black men that has moved the in entertainment like it helped a lot of black actors and actresses get into the scene um and not even that he's taken on the like i said the mecca of black culture the mecca of pop culture being bet and award show wise i think from my understanding like having not watched this past award show i know that he has the ability and will continue to make sure that they're putting out the best product possible to their viewers. Uh, and you know, I really hope so days. because uh, in case you, you're uh, anyone out there who's listening is unaware. Tyler Perry was in a, you know, a battle to purchase BET with none other than uh, P Diddy. It was between P Diddy and Tyler Perry. Now I think from a, you know, BT is a TV channel. So from a TV shows, movies perspective, obviously Tyler Perry is more equipped to be the owner from that regard. Um, he already, it's already pretty much a Tyler Perry fucking channel. It's all Medea shows. It's all Tyler Perry shows left and right. And it's probably going to, it's probably not slowing down anytime soon since he owns it now. Mm. Um, but from a award show and getting that kind of culture that, that kind of vibe back to BT again. I thought P Diddy might've been the better choice in terms of just kind of making it more hip and getting young people back into BT. Not to say that I don't think Tyler Perry will do a good job because I think he did do a good job. I didn't sit down and watch the BT awards. So I guess he's still got some work to do to make it like a must see TV thing. I honestly didn't know that it was coming up. There wasn't too much promo that reached me that it was coming up like that. Um, but I did see some highlights of it, and I thought I Spice performance, and I could kind of tell that there's some more money going into the uh, yep. state. Yep, the stage and everything, how it was being set up. It looked really good, clean. She did a really good job. She's really working. And one thing I appreciate about I Spice is she's actually rapping. She's not on this lip syncing type stuff. She's not over here just letting a track in the background go. She's spitting real breath control, real MC work while she's doing her performance. That's a thumbs up for me. Um, obviously, Chief Keith was finally able to perform at BT, and that's that's Tyler Perry's doing, and that's a big deal. That's that's a big deal, you know. Chief Keith, after everything he's done for the game, the culture, 
you know, music in itself from a rap's perspective. He's able to come out there and just be himself. And I liked, I liked too that he was just Chief Keith on the stage. If you saw when they were in the back, when they were backstage and they came out the car, they hot box of uh, the tour bus. That shit was smoky, bro. I saw some tweet said, my, my bro was so high, he still walked out with the charger. He had the charger dangling from the phone. <laughs> But nah, it was a it was really good. I thought there was a lot of good stuff going on there. There's a little Uzi JT um kind of beef going on. JT was mad because of the whole Ice Spice ordeal and whatnot. I don't know if it was because he said that when uh JT's wig comes off, she got a little fro and looked like Ice Spice, which was kind of foul. That's how I know this next album. That was a line in one of his new songs for Pink Tate. I know that album's gonna be fire. He out here talking about his bitch like that. I'm like, yo. You are wilding, son. You just say you're a little fro like ice. Nah, he wilding. But I think it's going to be really good. I, I think Tyler Perry can do big things for BET. I would love to see him bring in P. Diddy from an award show, a music perspective, kind of in like an executive position and allow him to have the reins over the BET awards and stuff like that. Because I do think P. Diddy would turn BET out. That shit would be popping again. Niggas would be tuning in. And P Diddy still, he's still, he's still in the game like that. He's still, he's got, he's got the touch of the young kid's perspective still because he's still moving that way. Tyler Perry is very, very buttoned up, very business executive like from a TV show's perspective. He's such, a, he's a vet in the game, so he knows like what people want from a content of television perspective. But I don't really know that Tyler Perry knows what's going on musically out there. Like I'm sure he's got like some music taste. But I don't think he's the guy that I would want to, you know, have that full power in that way. So I would like to see him kind of dish that out, give it to P. Diddy. And I think that BET can get back to where it was because BET used to be my favorite award show, hands down. I didn't fuck with the Grammys. I didn't fuck with the Oscars. BET's was a shit because it had the people I wanted to see and the performances that I wanted to see. And I didn't have to sit through none of that other bullshit along the way. So that's that's my two well they don't have like a skewed view man like i mean with the bet awards i mean just i'm being 1000 percent honest with you like for my mom to sit here and watch the bet awards with the way that it is now like my mom's not someone that's into like super hip-hoppy music like rap like that's just not her that's not her gig but like she's cultured enough to like you know listen to it and like give it a shot um and like the reason that particularly black folks watch BET were not because it's just the black entertainment uh, television. It's because for years and years and years, the Grammys, the, the Emmys, like these committees are ran by idiots, bro. And they don't understand what culture is. They're ran by old white people. And I'm not trying to be fucking bringing up the race car. They're ran by old white people. They literally have, they're out of touch. BT Awards is ran by the people that know what the fuck is going on. Like, they know what's going on in the world. They could tell you the latest TikTok. They could tell you what the latest trend is in, in pop culture. They could tell you the latest album and was that shit fire? What have the streets been saying about it? They could talk to you about the Rico case that Young Thug is having. Like, bro, the Grammys wouldn't even, they wouldn't even, like, utter that. Yeah. And so... I think Tyler Perry, yes, I agree with you. should be able to bring P. Diddy in on some of this aspect of the music side because it is a very important piece of culture, point blank period. 
and it's what brings people together more often than not. They could definitely be a co. Uh, th- there will probably be some point in the ownership of Tyler Perry that he'll, because um, I know he's a majority owner, just like how Michael Jordan was majority owner of the Hornets, but he sucked at it. Tyler Perry's not gonna suck at it. Um, and there will be a time that Tyler Perry, I think, will give leeway a lot of the power to P Diddy. He won't let him become majority because he ain't just gonna let that shit happen. I promise. But I definitely think there's going to be some collaboration there that's going to continue to grow that channel and that, and that brand even more because he is, they're both one of two of the most influential men in, in particularly the black community and what they've been able to do on that and things. And I think it's fantastic. I think we're going to see in the next five years how everything going to trends up as music changes uh, in particular and as culture changes. So I'm excited for it. I definitely think it's something that um, we should all be looking out for. White, black, green, or yellow. Yeah, I agree. So in that same note, you know, we're bouncing around a lot tonight, you know, and I, I like it. I like it. We only got a couple more topics for you, but the next topic, man, I don't have to do, you know, we might be on this shit for a goddamn minute. I ain't going to sit here and lie to you. <laughs> this might be a long the episode. MB- the NBA roster mania that is going on at this very moment, bro. Like the, they, the Nuggets just won the championship. Like, damn. Um, there's a lot that's been going on, and Mike, I know, like, like you and I have talked privately about it, and we talk every every week now as the NBA because the NBA offseason is lit. It is fucking lit. So much shit be going on. Um, not just the scandals, but just literally how the actual game and the teams are going to be moving. So, for those who don't know, Kristaps Porzingis was traded to the Celtics, while Mr. Chris Paul, Mr. No Ring and Can't Win a Ring, was traded to the Warriors, while Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, in my personal opinion, in my opinion, the leader of that team, the energy, the energizer bunny, the person they needed to be, he is the X factor to the Grizzlies, another grimy ass team, grimy as hell. He gonna fit in like a goddamn glove. Um, just out of those three moves, and if there's any other moves you want to like highlight, I don't think there is at the moment. I'd love to get your thoughts on who had the best move, and really. Right now, Mr. Damian Lillard, for those that don't know, the man that can't find a way to get a good damn team around him, um, has been growing some interest in joining a contender team, basically starting another super team. Where should he really go, Mike? I want to see hear your thoughts first, man. I know this is something we're passionate about, and I, I am a lady for all the stuff that's going to continue after even this in terms of roster mania for the uh, NBA this offseason? NBA's probably got the craziest offseason of any sport. It's probably the most entertaining. You know, when we think about, like, NFL offseason and trades, everyone's always like, yeah, that'd be cool, but this isn't Madden. But I'm like, when it comes to NBA, it's it's like 2K. Like, <laughs> it's really be like 2K. Like, people be bouncing into the stars, like, it's fun. It keeps things fresh. I personally still enjoy the days where everyone just kind of stayed put and trades, big big time trades were like 
second to none and they were kind of it was a big splash when it happened but i still think this is exciting too and it makes for good storylines but as far as which trade was the best one from a basketball perspective and who i think really got better i think to me it's it's easy i think the celtics getting uh porzingod is clearly the best move that's happened so far is if anything of just getting better you know when i think about where what plagued the Celtics, um, and I know you said Marcus Spark is the Our hardest. fucking Horford, <laughs> bum ass fucking exfoliated, beautiful ass skin, <laughs> Dude. beautiful skin, beautiful. It's <laughs> wow. He looks like the that boy, um, that boy. He looks like when Sponge when uh, Squidward just kept getting beat in the yeah, face. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, and I'll let you finish your point. I am telling you, bro, he spends more time at the getting facials, and I'm not talking about the facials y'all think I'm talking about. I'm t- we talking about the cosmetics, uh, the cosmetic facials, than he does shooting a basketball. I'm telling you. I am telling you, bro, with that broke-ass jump shot. But go ahead, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so I feel, like, I feel like from a basketball perspective, the Celtics definitely got better. So what I feel, why I feel like they got better, I know you say Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the team, and I agree with you from a leadership perspective, from a um, get them juiced up, an energized perspective as well. But I also think Marcus Smart was a liability in a lot of cases. Like, he's a great defender, a lockdown defender. Uh, but as your primary point guard, you know, I mean, sometimes you get the assist there, but I feel like he's, he's not like a true, he doesn't feel like a true point guard to me. Like, he doesn't feel like... He's, he's always a man. He's a six man come off the bench guy. He's, yeah, and he I think that's a better role for him, or in just like a grimy perspective. What the Celtics needed out of Marcus Smart, I don't think he could give. He could give them. They needed Marcus Smart to play like Chris Paul, really, where he's just kind of dishing it out, putting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown into better situations so they can get easier shots and not have to do a bunch of one on one ISOs, which is. All the Celtics do is just let Jalen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown ISO the ball. But don't let Jalen Brown go to his left. Don't let him go to don't his left. Don't let him go to his left, bro. Don't let him go to his left. But um, but now Chris stops the spacing and the size of that team. So now when they uh see people like potentially Joker in the finals where they had to go against Giannis and Joel and B, you know, they can space the floor out a lot. You know, they still got uh Robert Williams who's a rim protector, maybe. And Kristaps had quietly his best season of his career from a defensive perspective, from a three-point shooting perspective. Nigga was just on one of the worst teams in the NBA. <laughs> and that's probably end. why. But the way they can dish that ball out, the way they can move or move the court around, I feel like Jason Tatum's going to get easier looks. I feel like Jalen Brown's going to get easier looks. The load, from an offensive perspective, the load has been taken off of them. I feel like, from a defensive perspective, Robert Williams can go in there, clash the glass, and whatever gets doesn't get past, whatever gets past him, Chris stops has a good chance of stopping it too. So I think well, I think that's the best best trade so far. Well, and and we'll get to the Dame thing in a second too, but obviously I'm excited about a couple of other moves that are coming around, and I'll talk about the Chris stops and the best move here in a second. I know the Draymond situation is getting a little sketchy. Um, for the Warriors, I know they're kind of like shitting themselves. I think he'll still come back, but um, I think, and I agree with you, I think 
see, and I, I see it from two different angles. I don't think the Warriors necessarily got better. I think the Warriors just became a little bit more well-rounded um, in terms of what the roles are, very definitive roles now where there's no, like, And they had confusion. to get rid of Jordan Poole. Like, let's be honest. Well, and they, they knew that was definitely, um, quite frankly, if they were going to resign, if they were gonna, if they were going to resign Draymond, Draymond did not want to be on the team because he couldn't. Lead, he expressed he couldn't lead the, the team the same way, which I'm fine with that. Um, but I, like I said, I do agree that the Chris Stops move at the moment is the best move of the off season. I also think that Marcus Smart going to the Grizzlies, excuse me, and going. To the West, where it's it's becoming a little bit more even across the board in terms of the West and the East now over the past season or two. Um, West, I still think it has an edge in terms of talent overall, like up up and down the uh, the the conference. But Marcus Smart going to the Grizzlies, a place where they accept you being like super grimy. The Boston Celtics did too, right? They're down, they get down dirty and like you know do whatever. But that's the thing that the Grizzlies personally needed, man. They don't legitimately have a leader. Like, they don't have someone. Like, Hell if John no, Morant. They don't is, have no goddamn leader. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if John Morant's their leader, bro, there is a real problem with people. They have a real leader with veteran, like, that's actually played in a, in a finals, like, with a really young team that is extremely talented and has the ability to probably eventually get to the finals and even have a chance to win it, depending on their opponent. The only thing that gives me pause about the Grizzlies is that they had to give up Tyus. And I personally think that I'm a big yeah, fan he, of Tyus. I think he's, I think he's a hooper and he's going to, he's going to yeah. play really well alongside Jordan Poole for the Wizards. You know, I think they'll win some. The games. Wizards are going to be good. The, the Wizards are going to be like a, I think they're probably a, a six seed next season, somewhere six, six seven. Uh, which is good for them. Big improvement from this year. But to the Kristaps point, you know why I think that's the best move, and I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the best move of the offseason unless there's a huge, unless Dame goes somewhere fucking crazy. Which you will. Um, which but we'll get to that. Yeah, bro, that shit gonna piss me off. Um, but unless it's the Warriors, um, but that would be wild. Kristaps is gonna be an, is the best move, and I think it will be the best move aside from a Dame move. This offseason, because the Celtics like running a too big lineup. And the reason I say that is because when they ran the too big lineup this past playoffs, they had Rob Williams, who's offensively challenged, to say the least, can't make free throws, but he's one of the best rim defenders in the game, one of the best rebounders in the game. Granted, he's seven foot one. Like, I mean, like, you should be good at doing that, but he's good at it either way. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But then they had Al Horford, who was supposed to be their stretch four, right? But the stretch four. The, every team needs a stretch four nowadays. If you don't have a stretch four, you're kind of losing. Um, and that's something that the Warriors had to like, kind of like find too, which will definitely increase the, their game as a team. But now Kristaps can really be banging, bro. Kristaps can bang from the three. Like, if, if Jalen Brown has one of those off nights, or Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have one of those off nights that they fucking do, like, because they're just young and somewhat inconsistent, bro, Kristaps just be banging, bro. Like, oh, I'm open? Oh, shit. Pull up. Like, I mean, and it's just effortless. And he's a he third be the option. Best. 
he gets the luxury of being third a third op- option. That's the thing. And it's like, that takes a lot of pressure off of Kristaps' shoulders because even when he was playing for the Knicks, when he came in the league, crazy because the hype around him was insane. Like, he was still really good. He just hadn't reached his, you know, his full potential yet. He had all the pressure of being that guy. Like, Kristaps, Kristaps, Kristaps. And then it slowly dragged down when it's like, oh, you can't be that guy. You're going to be a second or third option. And then he was just being consistent at that point. When you have guys that can score like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two of, in my opinion, top five scores in the game when they're on. I don't think there's really many people in the league that can legitimately guard both of them. Um, I think Tatum might be top five, but Jalen Brown's up there. No, top, top I, five like is kind of pushing. No, I said when they're on. Jalen Brown can't go left, we know, but I'm sure he'll work on that well, this that's season. A whole, that's a whole 50% side of the court there, my buddy. Yes, but let him go right and he's going to cook your shit, and that's a fact. <laughs> um, and I can't say that for myself. So, Kristaps is going to allow them to stretch the floor, which is going to allow – because you know Jason and Jalen, Jalen especially, love to go and drive and put their heads down and get in the paint. If Rob Williams could space the, the floor enough, like, just to get out of the way or, like, pin down or, like, whatever, because they're going to pin down screen. Like, they're going to back him up. They're going to try to hedge Robert Williams. He's not going to fucking shoot. They're just hedging him and get back in front of him. Bro, he runs for a lob. Look at, think about it. Like, think about if he comes to the right side, right elbow, the elbow, right elbow. J, J, JB comes from the right elbow. They do a left, or, or yes, a left, so it'll be, he'll be like this. So they're on the right elbow. He'll be to the left of Jalen Brown. He'll screen left. Jalen Brown's going to, we know he's going to cross over to his left hand. He'll cross back to his right immediately because he ain't staying on the left hand. Rob Williams can literally roll on his back to a little lob if he wanted to. And then Kristaps can cut to the rim the other way or stay in the fucking corner. It's a knock down three. Yep. It's literally the, he's, I mean, it's the easiest ball movement they're ever going to see. And I'm excited to see how, um, what's his face? Um, the coach uh, um, this year moves with them and how he's going to better actually have them move the ball instead of fucking doing isolations all the goddamn time. Because that's why they fucking lose. If Jason doesn't put up 30 and, and uh, Jalen doesn't put up 25, they lose. They're not going to win, bro. They don't have the firepower. And they, when they do win without that, it's because Al Horford decided to make a couple threes when he missed about 40-something in a row, which is just fucking insane to me. Well, um, speaking of moving the ball, I, I want to kind of touch on the Warriors, the CP3 trade, and kind of, you know, what the game plan, maybe what the thinking was behind this trade. Because I know I reached out to you immediately when it happened. I hit you up. I was like, bro, I don't know what to think. Or and I think you hit me up. And I was and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't know what to think about this. You know, my first, my initial thought was, this doesn't make any sense. It's not a need at all for the Warriors. But as I kind of had some time to sit sit on it, here's where I'm at now. I'm thinking if this is the move, for the Warriors, it's it's an F. It's terrible. If this is the prerequisite to the next move, then this could potentially be huge for them. And why I say that is because, you know, like I said, we they had to get rid of Jordan Poole. There was no reconciling that situation at all. It was Poole or Draymond, and that's Draymond every single day, especially after the playoffs you just had. If you would have came up there and gave them that 20-piece like you were doing the year before in the finals run, yeah, 
it might have been different. Draymond might have been out the door because they might have thought you're the next guy, but you stunk the bed up and was the reason why they could not let Steph Curry get any rest because anytime he got on the bench, you you stunk that shit up, my nigga. You were turning the ball over. You were you couldn't slow down the game. You were shooting up fucking stupid ass shots. Took that one dumb ass shot when we all know that ball should have gone to Steph or Clay. Steph or Clay, and you know, and I don't even really want it to see to go to Clay this playoffs either. It should have just been Steph's ball. But can I play a clip real quick of yeah. of Cameron's past uh, podcast? It's Cameron's podcast, and he was talking about the real reason why Draymond fucking stuffed this nigga Jordan Poole in the face and the reason why the Warriors had to get rid of him. It's real short. It's about 40 seconds. I just want to play this for you guys. And I was hearing him say not guaranteed, but they were saying there's reasons Draymond punched him in his face. They said the first day he told Draymond Green, you know, Michigan and Michigan State have beef. Draymond State, Draymond Green's from Michigan State. He's from mm -hmm. Michigan. He told That's Draymond, already a lifetime rivalry, right? Right. There. He told Draymond, I fuck more bitches in Michigan State than you, than you went there. And then they was running sprints or something. He told Draymond, don't worry about it. You'll be in Sacramento next year. Then he told Draymond, why is your Twitter handle money green when you broke and you're not going to get a new contract? And that's the one that broke the camel's back when yeah. you end up punching him in the face. So a lot of stuff. So, yeah, so... <laughs> apparently that's what's happened if that's the case you know this nigga had to go bro he was feeling himself he had the ring he, he was averaging 20 people thought he was the next Steph. he was feeling himself and bro needed the clock in the face and he needed to dip so it's something that they had to do but to dial it back to cp3 and how this could potentially work for them i think like i said if this is if this is d move this is a terrible move but if they get cp3 and, you know, what the Warriors really needed was size. If they get CP3 to to run the second run the second team, and you can convince them that, you know, it's he, you're going to be coming off the bench, running the second team, and, you know, you want that ring, don't you, Chris? You obviously can't do it when you're the starter, my bro. So we're going to let Steph handle the fucking starting lineup. You get the second team, run that, and we're going to bring in somebody like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez oh would be God. such a fire fit for the Warriors. Somebody who can come in after Looney, still be an aggressive big, take on whoever's out there, but also space the core out and get you buckets. And imagine Brooke Lopez playing with Steph, bro. The ball movement, the spacing, the shot making. That's a, oh my God, small lineup with Brooke Lopez. That would be a fire move. I think that, you know, when Steph comes off the bench or when Steph comes out of the game and goes on the bench, CP3 can keep them at a plateau rather than allowing them to just fall off a cliff like Jordan Poole was doing. I think CP3 can maintain the lead and, you know, keep everything good. So from that perspective, I think it'll be all good. I think that's a great point, and I didn't even – well, I did think about it, but I think that when it comes down to that exactly – like I'm thinking of the lineup, right? I think of the starting and I'm thinking of the second unit, right? Because they still have Kaminga – uh they still and i think they gotta activate him like they they i mean the kid's a freak like a freak athlete um i don't i mean and i get steve Kerr's probably like oh well you know you know i get it but like looney's coming off the bench if they get brooke like there's no way that he's starting over brooke lopez in my opinion um yeah. i think that 
that lineup, if they pending if they get Draymond back, and I think especially if they make a move for like that for Brooke Lopez, bro, that could be a dangerous ass fucking team. That could be a team that's almost fucking unbeatable. Because if they stay healthy, and that's one of the things is like when this Warriors stay healthy, they are like it's almost impossible to just like count them out of anything. Um, just because they're that good of a team, they're that well coached, they understand what they have to do, they know their roles, etc. Your first team is gonna be Steph, Clay, obviously, Dre, Wiggins, um, and Looney. Wiggs and Looney. Or no, no, no. First team Brook Lopez. I think you bring. See, you you interchange Looney and, and Brook Lopez in the in the in the Chris Paul lineups because depends on where you're in the point. But of I the think game. Looney like, gets the start. Need, He'll get this, yeah, but he'll still play more minutes. Yeah, uh, Brooke will play more minutes than him, yes. Yeah. I, I agree. That's a good point. Um, but then you have your second team where you're ha- going to have Kaminga come in there. And this is, and I'm thinking of like a more of a playoff lineup too. So you think of like eight guys, maybe. Like Steve Curry had to play like a seven-man bench this, this past postseason, which was fucking brutal. Um, but like an eight-man team, you have Chris Paul, you have, you'll probably, you'll have Clay like interchange. Kabingo come in. I think he's got to play more. I don't know why he's not playing more, especially when it comes to defending. I think he's got to play more. Um, Luna will be in there interchanging with Brooke. And then you obviously have Draymond, and then you have Wiggs. Like, you also dude, have you Moody. Haven't... You have Moses Moody, too. And you have Moses Moody, who's a lockdown defender and can run the floor uh, in, fa- in the fast break. Dude, like you have one of the most... High, like if you get Brooke Lopez and can re-sign Draymond, that's why what's happening is, and I think this is the dispute. I think this sucks to even say, bro. I think if Draymond does not, if they don't want to give Draymond the contract that he wants, because I know he wants more money and he deserves more money. I'm not saying he doesn't. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that if they don't get Draymond, they are going to do exactly that and get Brooke Lopez. I don't think they can run it two at the same time unless Brooke is really on it. Brooke's already got a ring, right? Like he's already won. He's had that. He gets it. Chris Paul is an easy layup. So you're so, saying oh, if Chris, they don't gonna... sign Draymond, then they'll get Brooke Lopez? I would like to see them both I, on the squad. I would love to see them both on the squad, but I don't think it's feasible in terms of salary cap. I don't because they just paid. They still have some luxury. Te- they didn't pass off all the debt from. Uh, Jordan Poole. They have some debt from him. Like, they definitely passed off quite a bit to the Wizards, but they still have some debt they have to pay Jordan Poole. And that's what's kind of leaning because they gave him a fucking big contract. They gave Wiggs a big contract. Like, But also, CP3's just one year, so they could push, um, they could push some of the some of the salary cap pressure later on into the contract years. Yeah, I mean, every, heavy every owner... They were talking about the luxury tax. Like they're like nobody gives a fuck about luxury tax anymore. They're gonna pay that shit regardless because they want to win. Like the the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, if you win a championship, that, that you'll make it back on the back end tenfold. So <laughs> exactly. And so in in hopes, I think this will. I I personally believe with just the moves we've seen in the past few weeks, this might be one of the best NBA seasons we've seen in a long time, bro. Because there's gonna be a lot of fucking good teams if they're healthy, like a lot. And it's going to be a grueler. I think ultimately, just based off the moves here, not even talking about them getting Brooke Lopez, I think just getting Chris Paul 
could be a, it could work. I definitely think they will get somebody else. Even if it's not Brooke, it'll be a big, some big that's that definitely can stretch the floor. Could, that could make them a championship contending team again. I think they're always a championship contending team with Steph, right? Um, yeah. And when Clay makes when Clay makes jump shots, it's 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 almost unbeatable just between the two of them. Um, but then you obviously have the East where you still have Joel. You have now like a Wizards content, not contending for a championship, but but putting some pressure on people. You have the Celtics with Chris Stops. Um, you obviously have the Joker in the West and with Jamal off of a ring. They ain't winning another ring next year. I'm gonna tell you all that shit right now. It's not happening. It will not happen. It does not happen. They are not the Warriors. They are not LeBron. Um, I'm just telling you how it is. You have the Heat who are going to contend in the, the East. You have the fucking um, so Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. You have so many teams that can be great. I, I think next season is going to be amazing. Uh, real quick, where do you where do you want to see Dame Lillard go to? Uh, I kind of want to get your quick answer. We don't have to stay on it too long, and we can kind of. Yeah. Go over to the yeah, Black yeah. React segment, but what do you? Where would you like to see Dame go to? Great question. Um, tough. I love that. I would. Mm, Jesus Christ. I would love to see him go to um, Miami. And I know that sounds like out of the blue, um, a little bit. And he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would fit into that environment, like just the environment of Miami. Miami. Not like the I'm I'm not saying Miami the 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 team I'm saying the city I think he's Portland is not like that bro like Portland is nowhere near that shit it's fucking Oregon bro um ain't no Latinas just hanging out BBLs everywhere um <laughs> in Portland I'm just telling you, this is how it is um I think Dame Lillard in Miami could win Miami a championship if they come with the same heat they came this year. I think that could literally be a scary ass fucking team to try to be because it's gritty. Dame's always been gritty. Like he's always been gritty. Even in the times they were getting beat in the playoffs by the Warriors, by the fucking Thunder, like when they had the KD days, like always been gritty, bro. Like, and that team is what it's all about. Teamwork, gritty, believing in each other. And he that that's I do believe that's what he's built like. And they did say, and I agree. You can't have Jimmy Butler being your sole superstar and win a championship, and that's what the, that's the reason they lost this year. I think they, if they had another player on the team that could legit, legit score, score, the Nuggets might have been seeing seven games. Like, and that's just a fact. I don't think they had the defense to hold up. Like, you can't guard a Dame and a Jimmy. Like, that's two different games. And like, who the fuck is guarding Dame? Like, who is gonna guard him? You can put Aaron Gordon, a big ass on Dame. He gonna cross his shit across the moon. So, I think I, I think Miami Miami makes the most sense to me when I'm thinking about where the fit is and how perfect it would be. Uh, Dame, uh, Butler, and Bam would just be that's a crazy big three. That's that's really nice and all all of them in the Miami colors. I could just see the grit of the team that you speak of. I could see that. I'm gonna pull out a I'm gonna put out a name out there uh, just for me personally because I think the I think. When if we if these two pair together, the way we would look at it from a legacy's perspective would just be an era in itself. Um, knowing that Chris Middleton wants more money, knowing that you know maybe Drew Holiday could be a good trade asset. 
I would love to see Dame and Giannis pair up in Milwaukee. I think that that would just be so filthy, man. Like Dame just doing his work up top, taking so much pressure off of Giannis to take over the game because we know Chris Middleton, you know, he just he just decides when he wants to show up, kind of like his fucking hairline. He, he just be, he just decides when it wants to pull up and whatnot. So, um. I think Dame and Giannis would be a fire pairing, but to be completely fair and to be completely honest, I think that the Miami Heat make the most sense, and it was, it's probably the best fit. I would just I think that's like and they're, they're probably one they're probably one of the only few teams that can legitimately even afford his contract, like afford what he like really really wants to get paid and have decent I mean, trade assets to give exactly to Portland. Exactly. I, I don't think, and I, that's the thing about Miami. I think you, you kind of dismember some of that team. It could hurt them. They have to really be smart about how they pick apart the team if they are going to shoot. Well, that I mean, guy. you get rid of Tyler Hero. He didn't even, he wasn't even there for the playoff series. So you know that they can yeah. win without him. Caleb Martin, yeah, he's a nice piece, but I mean, I ain't keeping Caleb Martin to not have Dame Lillard. So, like, Caleb yeah. Martin also didn't show up in the finals. Lillard would have got you your 25. Uh, I think over the last two seasons, he's averaged 29 points a game or 28 or something like that. So I think, Dude, I think you do whatever you can do to get Dame Lillard to come to Miami. And that's another finals run. Sorry, Celtics, you're a little poor zing guy. You're still going to come up short again. Again, if that happens, you're going to come up short again. And Missoula and is getting fired. He's gone. He's out that bitch. They wanted to fire yeah, his he, ass this year. I guarantee you they wanted to fire his ass. They were like, we can't just do this after losing. They ain't had nobody else to bring but, in. But, uh, yeah, so I, that's where I would want to see Dame. Uh, that's yeah. kind of the trade f- frequency and whatnot, and that's kind of where where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think, I think that like, like we both agree. I mean, this is going to be a crazy NBA season. I'm super excited. And shout out LeBron for making this even possible because without LeBron and doing the uh, the decision, the off season would never be like this. I'm telling you, they wouldn't. They just wouldn't. Like they just wouldn't. Super teams that like the next hit a super team after LeBron. Guess what happened? KD went and got him two fucking rings. Two fucking rings. Just ran over and got two motherfucking rings. And I ain't got one and, since. And niggas were like, damn. Like, LeBron, you really ruined the game. And they still call KD a snake. And like, nah, nigga, call LeBron a snake. He left, he left Cleveland, then came back, and they're like, nah, that's our hero now. Nah, nigga, that ain't your hero. That ain't your hero. I'm a fucking Batman. Batman ain't no motherfucking hero. He's a vigilante. That's like but, the dad that leaves when you're a kid and comes back at fucking 16, 17. Like, oh, that's the best dad in the world. That nigga ain't been there through your childhood, my bro. <laughs> Nah, it's like the memes of the memes like of just like the bottom half of the picture when the dad comes back with the milk when son gets drafted to the NBA. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. and he just walk in the door. But enough of that. We love talking about the NBA. There'll be more to come. That's definitely going to be a weekly thing for sure because shit just pops off every day around here. Um, I did want to give a quick shout out to like music. Uh, really quick, I don't know if y'all have heard it. Shout out Sprinter, Central C, and Dave. I've been listening to that shit for the past like three and a half weeks. Um, like crazy. Go listen to it. It's a UK UK t- rap thing. Central C, if y'all don't know him, he's the how can I be homophobic? My bitch is gay. That guy. And Dave is like one of the best UK artists, like period. 
Um, he's clouded up. Go listen to the song Crazy Bars. If you're if you're a person that loves bars and loves a good flow, like it's got a little Latin flow, but it's not like a Latin song, you'll love it. Um, but on to our favorite segment. Yes, sir. Of the of the evening. It's our black react, folks. So for this week, folks. Um, I don't know if y'all been keeping up with the show Idol. I'm sure a lot of people aren't because it is hella graphic and hella offensive and hella a lot of things. Hey, it's out. It's outpacing Euphoria as far as streams. Yeah. Well, it's because it's that outrageous. Like, Outrageously it's that bad. Outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of the it's one of the worst shows I've probably watched in a long time. It could have um, been good game. though. It could have been good if they just focused saw on the, the artist instead of like the weekend's character. It could have been good. Yeah, I mean, she's also, like, nice to see, like, a little bit. Like, and that, that sounds bad on my end, but, like, it's just, I mean, it's HBO, baby. Like, we gonna get what we get. Um, but, so the viral clip of the idol, the show, as we were just talking about, where the Weeknd's character shows how to deal with a, quote-unquote, guy best friend. So to break down the clip before I even ask the question to you guys, the gentleman in the show is uh, his parents or his... His family's like doctors. They're like gastroenterologists or gastro, you know, intestines uh, doctors. They deal with the gut health and like just doctors overall. And like she's like show, and he's all. I'm pretty sure this guy's also her chef, um, which is makes a lot of sense if his family's good with the intestines, knows what to put in her body to make sure she's not feeling sick or bloated or whatever. Um, and she's this one of the stars of the show. Um, Joss, as everybody calls her, Jocelyn's her name. And the weekend's been um, having sexual encounters with uh, Joss. And he's kind of a bit manipulating. But to go to the point here, if you guys don't understand it, definitely just go watch the clip. You could type it in online. It's literally like a two minute clip. Um, so he's like touching her stomach. Like she's showing her like what his, her stomach looks like. Because if you eat the right things, no matter if you work out or not, like it, it definitely you can see in tonality in your stomach. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you look so good. Like he's like touching her body. And it's all supposed, supposed to be platonic. We don't know how that exactly goes. But the weekend sitting there after a night night uh, in at the house with a couple other people there. And he's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you touching my girl like that? Um, and then I'll let the rest of the clip. Y'all go watch it yourselves. But. Um, to that point, the question I have for you, Big Mike, Big Michael, Big Mike, if that's your girl, bro, like you've been like messing around where you at her crib, like and her like chef friend, whatever, starts touching up on her, like saying, oh, you look so good, blah, 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 blah. And like they're supposed to be platonic or whatever. What's your rule, bro? You know, when it comes to like your girl and her quote unquote guy best friend. No, 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 no. We ain't starting with me, my dog. You the one that's got a girl. You the one in a relationship. You probably done fucking ended some guy best friends. <laughs> I don't know. And I doubt nah, you've bro. done that. But I want to know what your rule is. You're in a relationship. So what, what, you know, what rules are you setting over there in your household, my bro? My, well, my rule of thumb, just period, on the guy or the girl's side, just respect, respectfully or respectively, is that like like guys guys and girls can be friends to a certain degree i think there has to be a line 
if you there's no line there, that means that it's just as open as anything, right? Um, if it comes to guy best friends, I haven't had to necessarily deal with that issue, to be honest with you. Um, I was fortunate um, to a certain degree. But if the rule I would have and the rule I do have is like, yo, first of all, I got to like the person, right? I got to like know them and I got to like them. Like that's just first, first things first. Then I got to got to basically like and girls that listen to like, oh, he's insecure. Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not at all, actually. Um, I've also got to know like, bro, he's not trying to pull like my girl, but I know why he's there. Like, I know why he's there. I know what he's doing right now. Like, you just popped in her life two years ago. Like, this ain't like you've been in her, in her life since she was, like, a child. Um, I know how it goes. Like, I'm, I ain't going to sit here and lie to you. I ain't going to gaslight nothing. I ain't going to manipulate no one and do nothing they don't want to do. But I'm definitely going to be like, bro, I'm going to put it in reality. Because if I was in that situation and I was a brand new guy best friend to some girl, I'm waiting around until she gets done with her mans. And, like, oh, she's so hurt. She'll go and make a mistake with her guy best friend. I know how it go, and I'm gonna put that shit in her head, and she's gonna think about it because I'm a dude and she's not, and let her make a decision as per as per usual. I'm not gonna be like, oh, don't talk to him because that's just gonna make her make him talk, make her want to talk to him more, right? Like that's just how like we all want what we can't have, um, and then that could indirectly make them more attracted to that person, and that could just not not be a good good situation. So my rule is I gotta like like them, I gotta know them. And then I got to know the fact like this dude is not going to pull my girl or I got to know the, the understanding of the aspects of that relationship or they ain't hanging out by themselves either. Like they ain't just going to be chilling like, oh, I'm going to go over. So no, 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 no. Hold up. Let me get my coat real quick. Like, no. Oh, yeah. You need me to drive you over there. Oh, word, word. Like not even having an invite. Oh, I'm going to come in too. Shit. Let me take my shoes off. Like, I'm not. You are not just chilling with your guy best friend. Like, don't try to pull that shit with me, bro. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm kind of in the same boat. My rule for guy, the guy best friend thing is it, it's kind of like, a, you know, one, if, if he hadn't been there beforehand, you ain't just coming up with no, you ain't having no new guy best new friend. Bro. No <laughs> new bro coming through. Like, no, that's not happening. What Drake say? No new friends. No new friends. No, no new. Nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that shit. You ain't bringing in no new nigga around here. He definitely had to get grandfathered in. Same thing like you said, mm -hmm. I gotta fuck with a nigga and he gotta fuck with me. I can't like if he ain't fucking with me, then you ain't about to be around, bro. I'll make shit. I'll close this whole fucking shit off for you, my bro. Like it's over with. Um my her car got a flat tire. But she's gonna <laughs> see you and like hang out. No, nah, no, nah, flat. Flat tire. And I don't know how to change tires, my niggas, so she ain't coming over there. <laughs> nah, bro. But uh um, man. Yeah, so he he's they had to already be friends beforehand and not just like last year or some type of shit. Y'all had to like been friends. Second off, if we were in the talking stage, if you ain't bring my bro up once, then he ain't he ain't a real best friend. You can't just up and we dating and telling me, oh no, this is my best friend. We've been friends forever. How come I ain't never heard about this nigga? Because if he one of those real guy best friends that's just platonic, I would have heard about him. I would have saw him through passing or something and you can't just spring up some new nigga like that like oh no we been close back in the day like nah because you ain't talked to him you ain't hung out once there ain't been one time where i seen my bro so nah nah, nah. y'all ain't been that close because you ain't been keeping up with him so you don't need to keep you ain't finna start keeping up with him now so 
That have been my fucking. Those are honestly the kind of rules. But childhood best friends, you can't really do nothing about that. You kind of have to let that one slide. I mean, like if he was childhood deep, like that that nigga ain't going nowhere, and he doesn't seen all the same crevices of your girl that you seen. <laughs> he didn't seen all the crevices. He could tell you shit about your girl. Like, hey, bro, you hit it with the little, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? You know, she she kind of like that shit, but like, damn, because like. I'm gonna try it at home, and he probably right too. That shit gonna bother the hell out of you. I want to be, be pissed, but he probably right. He probably put me on game right now. Shit. <laughs> I mean, bro, like, I, and I'm also curious to see, like, obviously, the girl side of things. If they have like, if their man has a girl best friend, and I obviously am opposed to like the girl having a guy best friend, but I think, see, see, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I'm not. <laughs> Uh, but like I think it also de- depends on like the situation that the guy or girl is in right like say like that guy is like they've known them a little while uh, prior to obviously dating that girl and that guy's been like dating his girl for like a long period of time like right like a good amount of time three four years you know about time to break up right um <laughs> <laughs> and uh and like you like you either started dating or you've been dating for a while like say it's two years in your own relationship they've been dating him and his girl been dating for like four three four right solid right and we're getting to the point in our lives where people are starting to propose get married etc that ain't that ain't me g so like that ain't that ain't happening um but like i think also you have to be very cognizant of how they interact with one another like what type of interactions are that like are they touching just point blank period bro like are they giving double hand hugs like nah side hugs only g like side one arm only. like two seconds my nigga <laughs> like you're not getting these long embraces like you're her dad or something like nah bro like i get those hugs and her dad and her mom and her little sister that's it. And her grandma. And, and to grandma. speak on the guys having girl best friends, I feel like every guy needs a girl best friend just for like an emotional Bring him down standpoint. to fucking earth. Yeah, like to hold him down him, emotionally because we can't earth. even like express emotions. We got to stay hard and rigid all the twenty all the time. So like, and I mean, I guess when you get the girl, like that's supposed to take the replacement. But I mean, like, you know. That's not how it works, bro. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, nah, because like, Nah, you're going to be looking at me. I can't tell you everything. You're going to be looking at me sideways. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the best advice my dad ever gave me. And he's like, he he told me this like years ago, even still like in the relationship or whatever. But he's like, dude, like you can't ever tell your significant other everything about you. Like everything. You lose independence if you do, if you do that, especially as a man, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Like, there's nothing wrong with like people having friends. Like people are gonna have friends. They're gonna like people. People are gonna find people attractive. This is normal, bro. Like I mean, it is what it is. Like you can't run away from the shit. Like if 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 your girl has a friend that's objectively attractive, like you are objective. She's an objectively attractive girl. You're gonna be attracted to them. You're not gonna make a move on them or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't gonna do nothing crazy. But it's just respecting the fact, like, okay, like, we're two individuals, and, like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Like, that's kind of what it is. It's the same way. So that's fine. It's just, it's just the lines, bro. You got to keep them. You got to make sure them, they, they know, 
blurred lines around here, motherfucker. Them shits are thick as a motherfucker. That's bold. That bolded letters. Control B, bitch. I ain't Robin like, Thick. There ain't no blurred lines. Ain't no motherfucking blurred lines. Them shits are fucking Control B. Ain't no way you thinking you got a shot. I'm making sure you get the hard friend zone where you feel like you got just got rejected to your face <laughs> without even knowing it. And if you need me to come up to you, my bro, and be like, yo, bro. That's what I just did to your friend last night. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, I will ruin every single image, fairy tale you fucking have. I swear to goodness, I would. But like I said, I haven't had to deal with that issue directly um, or like in, within my situation. So I'm fortunate. But I mean, for the folks out there, like, honestly, just be a man and fucking have a backbone and be like, yeah, no, nah, I don't really fuck with that. And if they don't fuck with it and they don't respect your opinion, well, fair enough. Like, that's just what it is. And that, to Michael's point, I'm 100% with you. Every man needs a, needs a guy or a girl, a girl uh, best friend, a good girlfriend, not a girlfriend, but a girl that is a friend to bring him back down to earth. If you don't have them, hey, bro. Dude's got egos, bro, and we gotta get brought down to earth. Like it is just they're like, oh, he's so humble. Nah, bro. We are not humble at all. <laughs> we can't be. We cannot be. They're like, oh, like he has so much confidence. No, I'm just no, we're cocky. We gotta be. We have to overcompensate. Can we get beat down all the goddamn time? <laughs> um but I want to hear you guys' like obviously your opinions in the comment section, uh online, Instagram, those that are listening via Spotify, Apple Music, etc., whatever platforms. Hear your thoughts on it. Love to hear your thoughts back on just about every single topic, and I think they were all great. If you're not 100% informed on them, definitely don't comment and make, do say something ignorant, but if you want to say something ignorant, say something ignorant. Um, don't really bother me. It ain't going to hurt me, but uh, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Once again, always want to give you guys a shout-out. Really, 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 really appreciate y'all. Couldn't do any of this without you guys. Actually, we probably could, but we want you guys here because we want to be talking to an audience that appreciates <laughs> that 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 really appreciates us. I love building this community. It's been fun. Want to continue to um, grow with y'all and provide content that you guys like. So shoot some com- shoot some comments over. Shoot some shoot some information over to our Instagram. Um, any platform where you can reach us at to like get in touch with us some things you guys want to hear because we really want to put out stuff that you guys want to talk about just as much as we want to talk about things that we want to talk about so i mean mike any closing regards before we roll out here man yeah man uh yeah we're seeing the the views on youtube go up the streams are going up so we appreciate you guys liking the content you know that we gonna be here every week. Well, you know, most weeks we gonna we gonna try to be here as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? Ninety five percent of the time we are gonna be here. Ninety five percent of the time you can expect us Wednesday at eight p.m. But right now it is Tuesday ten thirty p.m. and I am getting tired and I gotta edit this video. So we gonna close it out right <laughs> here for you guys. So. For all the fellas out there listening, just remember they only want a 1% nigga. So you got to quit your bitching and get your bread up. For the ladies out there listening, he don't want you, sweetie. You just got to move on. But guess what? You're still beautiful and powerful and will always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time.